Did you get a new iPhone 14? What do you think about the camera? That's what Chet and Gary discussed today. Let's go! Good morning, Chet. Good morning, Gary. How's it going today? It's actually going pretty good. So what kind of topic are we going to dive into this morning? I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what in the world has uh, gone on with the new uh, iPhone 14s, and uh, particularly the Pro model. I mean, uh, the camera system, uh, I'm just blown away by the, some of the things that you can pull off with that phone now. A lot of new features. Uh, it's not so much new features as it is some of the processing and sophistication that's gone on and what they've added into the phone. I got you. Um, a good example of, of what I'm talking about is the action mode that you can now turn on. And uh, the image stabilization that I'm seeing in the 14 Pro makes uh, my three-axis uh, uh, gimbal <laughs> useless. <laughs> it's collecting dust in my closet right now. Uh, I am just blown away by that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I shot some video with it and the only motion that I could really see was my stepping bouncing up and down. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first got the three axis uh, gimbal and started to play with that, there were a lot of instructions about learning how to walk without bouncing up and down because right. all of them show motion when you're doing that. But I, I am just amazed. At the uh, at the ability of the the phone to stabilize the image, and that's uh, specific to the 14. It's not done in software on an older model. Some of the older models uh, were trying to do this, and and you actually saw over the last couple of years uh, the the phone starting to offer stabilization. Uh, early on, it was software only, and it was all happening after the fact, and then uh, starting. Uh, uh, I think it was last year with the uh, iPhone 13s that you were starting to see. Uh, in fact, actually, maybe even in the early 12s or the, the Pro 12 uh, model, you were seeing a little bit of actual uh, effort to move the lenses in the camera itself to reduce uh, vibrations and, and motion. And I think the kind of between the two, uh, is just gotten so much more sophisticated. It just, uh, like I said, it, it just is frightening how good it works now. I know, I, th I believe it was last year they came out with cinematic mode. Is yes. that correct? But now that they have cinematic mode with video, is that correct? For the yes. Videos? And that's, that's a pretty neat feature. Uh, it is, and I, I was looking at some of the, uh, the videos uh, on YouTube uh, trying to figure out exactly what the benefit of that is. And it, it apparently is basically that you can adjust the focus, uh, the depth of field, basically, mm -hmm. the, the focal point on it, uh, so that you can have a blurry for, a foreground or a blurry background and follow a subject around and actually change the depth of field effect based on the person who's moving around. And uh, another thing that I'm really impressed with is that in the past, when you took a photograph, you took an image and put it on film, and you could play some games in the dark room to, to try to make changes to it, but they were pretty minimal. But what's being captured now is enough information in the video image 
that you can alter the depth of field information in editing after the, the video has been shot. Right. So you can actually go in the video and change the depth of field in the video. And you didn't have to shoot it in depth. You didn't have to shoot it. I mean, oh man, I'll tell you that this stuff is just getting there. But the cinematic mode is actually pretty impressive and uh, the fact that you can shoot uh, instead of having everything in focus, you can actually concentrate on a specific area, get that in focus, let the rest of it be uh, the depth of field, blurry mm -hmm. effect. Uh, and again, the, the capability of that is just mind-boggling. I've never, I never used cinematic mode, but I've seen some of the, um, the ads or trailers that they've had you know, promoting it for, uh, what, the way Apple promotes it. I don't know, is that, I don't know, you, maybe you haven't used it either, but from what I've seen, it, it uh, adjusts where the camera is focused depending on the subject it's talking. Yes, you can, you can do that, and that's uh, one of the things. And uh, no, I actually haven't done that. I haven't been in a situation where I could use that, but I have played around just a little bit with it to, to kind of get an idea of how it works. Um, and most of what I see people using it for are not so much following a subject in a scene, which is the, the example that uh, video that Apple came out with, but to uh, actually uh, use this out in a much larger uh, terrain-based type stuff where okay. you got somebody walking through the terrain mm -hmm. and uh, you've adjusted the depth of field and the focus so that the person is in focus but the, the, the background looks like it's much farther away right. because it's a little bit blurred. Right. It's like a portrait shot. Uh, like, <clears throat> right, <clears throat> kind of like portrait and, and uh, doing that kind of stuff. Well, it seems like every uh, every uh, new edition of the iPhone that comes out, the camera always gets better. It gets better, yeah. Well, and, and the thing I think that's impressive is that, uh, and I think that uh, people don't realize this, but the, this is not a camera. And that is the, the key I'm beginning to realize. It's not a camera. It takes an image. It captures the light from an image or from an object. And then it always runs it through a whole series of processes, including artificial intelligence processing and some adjustments that are made to create the image that you wind up seeing. Um, so I think even if you go in and shoot Pro, Pro Raw, you're going to go through some portion of that uh, same processing step. Um, Pro Raw, by the way, uh, you know, on the uh, on these cameras, uh, the Pro models, you have the 48 megapixel camera, mm -hmm. uh, and that's your normal camera that you're shooting with 48 megapixels. And Apple uh, can capture all 48 megapixels, but even so, like I said, I think there's some processing being done along the lines. And the only time that I'm finding you really need that is if you're going to blow that picture way up. If you're going to turn that photograph into a bulletin board or a billboard, right. you know, maybe right. maybe you need 48 megapixels. Well, uh, you better have a lot of space on your uh, your iPhone if you're going to do uh, raw pictures, too. Because oh, yeah. Oh, the warning on that. Uh, yeah, I, I was watching a video, and they said on the video that you have to be very careful with this. And if you don't have a terabyte of storage in your phone, uh, mm -hmm. you may not want to try this at all. Right. Uh, because of the fact that you can shoot and take up 75 to 80 megabytes per frame. Per frame, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they they layer you know they layer those uh, it's layered that's layered yeah the people that have like Photoshop or Lightroom it's it's easy for them to to adjust or to give them more options I yes. guess it's not easier it just gives them a lot more options to play with things so 
not too many people are going to use that function unless he's like he said they want to blow up a big poster size thing it'd be nice so well, that's the thing that most people aren't going to get into that kind of thing, and uh, they're going to use it more, uh, take it out, and take a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, HDR is, seems to be much better on the iPhone 14s than I remember it. Um, and uh, I remember on uh, the Model 12, that I, on the iPhone 12 I had, you actually had a separate switch where you could turn HDR off and on, and I don't see that when I look at my iPhone 14. I don't have a switch for HDR. <laughs> no, no. Matter of fact, I, I found out the hard way. When you do video, it it automatically uh, records your video in HDR, which is it's nice on the on the uh, phone, maybe the iPad if you're looking at it on an iPad. But um, you know, it just doesn't play well with some applications where you want to do things like iMovie or Final Cut Pro. It's they have an issue with recognizing that type of that type of form right yeah because hdr is actually in conflict with some of the things that you'd want to do whether yeah. they lutz or whatever they are mm-hmm. that uh, you want to go in and, and adjust and change and uh, so it, it's kind of conflicting with that but you also it's a dolby uh it's the dolby term for that uh dolby's uh high vision oh dolby vision uh, dolby no. vision yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing and uh again that's doing adjustments to the picture before you ever ever get a chance to see it and in most cases that's exactly what you're looking for right right well they say the best camera is the one you're carrying in your pocket right uh that's right the one that's with you uh and uh, the the thing that i'm i'm also beginning to realize is that um, shooting just uh snapshots is is not uh the best thing that you've got a fantastic set of video capabilities Mm -hmm. on that phone and uh, that shooting video is very often a smarter move. Uh, I did some uh, work uh, fooling around with live photos and the, uh, the three seconds of video you get there, the second and a half before the shutter, second and a half after. And by the way, I was watching a YouTube video about this and the person in the YouTube video was going into great detail about how all that works. And he says, I want to point something out to you. He says, if you are holding your phone and uh, just kind of holding it in your right hand down by your side and you decide to go in and shoot a live video and you pull it up and you push the shutter button what's the second and a half before the shutter button it's whatever the camera happened to be pointed at right right (laughs) he says what you need to do is think about that and when you raise that camera up wait a second or so before you shoot that could be that could create some awkward interesting (laughs) but uh, i was fooling around with it and i uh, actually saw a fountain and uh, took a um, live photo of that and then I went into the options and I said give me a long duration picture of that and that's really interesting where it actually takes whatever's moving in there and uh, you get a blur for the thing that's moving and it stabilized everything else Mm -hmm. and I am just again blown away with how well it stabilizes the other parts of that picture the things that are not moving and gets them all in line and uh, you know they don't look out of focus or anything Uh, it just uh, is very very impressive when I first was playing around with live photos, you know, I, you had a toggle switch to turn it off and on, and I, invariably I always leave it on. Um, but, there, it, you know, looking and doing a little research, and, and there's ways that you can go into that and create uh, just a still picture. You yes, pick you out can. The, the best picture, you know, that you want to make it your keyframe. And that's, so, that's right, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to. If you shoot a live picture and you, you want to convert it to just a still picture, that can be done. So right. Well, nice. the other thing, too, is is you have burst mode where you can take a whole lot oh, yeah. of frames very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go into those and select 
a number of the frames and say you took 30 frames and you can go in there and pick five that are your best and say I want to keep just these five throw mm -hmm. the other ones away yeah. which uh, is another thing that is uh, really beneficial and cuts down significantly on storage there's a lot of post-production you can do on these things that's for sure I and mean, it's just it just keeps getting better and better, better and, and better yeah and yeah, you they, see all these uh, all these YouTube videos of people that are they're shooting wedding videos. Oh, yeah. They're shooting photography with, you know. Commercials uh, are being yeah. shot with them, and, uh, and you know, uh, it's getting to the point. And, uh, in fact, I watched a couple the other day that uh, talking about cinematic mode where uh, you really cannot tell that that was not shot mm -hmm. with uh, high-end, very expensive cameras. Right. Uh, and it's, it's getting to the point. I, I watched somebody, too, who was uh, out in the woods uh, clearing uh, brush out of a culvert under a road to get rid of the water flowing over the top of the road. Uh, he had a, an iPhone that he was he had set up, and he was watching the output side of this culvert as he was clearing the input side <laughs> so you could see how the water was going through. But uh, that's what he was using. He's yeah. using iPhones. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it works. They're everywhere, that's for sure. Well, I think uh, that about wraps it up for the old uh, photo session that we have today here on, uh, on the iPhone and all the adjustments that you can make and all the features, new features on the 14. So I hope everybody can get out there and play around with their phone and you need to bring those pictures to the, the meeting and show us the pictures yeah, that you're taking. Yeah, so, and, and I guess the big thing is to go out and play with some of these things. Don't ignore some of these options. You may look at it and say, why in the world would I ever want to use that? Yeah. Try it and see. Try it and see. could come uh, in handy on a make an awesome picture. It does. Yeah. And the uh, low-light pictures are, are getting better and better and better, too. They so, are. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Go so, have fun with them. All right, everybody. Let's wind it up. And thank you for the listen. And we'll see you next episode. Episode. Goodbye, Chet. Goodbye, Gary.